Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of the Retrospectors podcast. My name is Patrick Arthur, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, James Sterlings. How are you this fine morning, James? Oh, pretty good, Pat. And yourself? Yeah, going well, going well. Keen to get into this Fortnite's episode. We are covering the original Sonic the Hedgehog. It was first released in 1991 and was released for the Sega Genesis um, it's had a million ports since then and is available very widely. This is actually a game I've never played. I've played a lot of the Mario titles, but I have never played a single Sonic game in my entire life. Really? So I had a lot of uh, yeah, I had a lot of trepidation going into this because obviously I've seen a million memes. I've seen everything in regards to the movie, but I've never sat down and actually played a Sonic game. Um, Did you have any experience with it? Yeah, I've played a bunch of them, actually. Um, I've played through Sonic 1 a couple times in the past. I've played Heroes and a couple of the other 3D games, unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) And uh, yeah, you know, a couple of the later 2D titles as well. So I'd say I'm fairly experienced, but not a seasoned veteran of the Sonic franchise. Yeah, there's something about the Sonic games that never really, I guess, grabbed me. You don't uh, have that need for speed? <laughs> well, clearly <laughs> not. Like, I, I've never really liked racing games. And the platformers I've played, I, I guess I really only properly got into platformers pretty, you know, comparatively recently, like in the first five years. When I was younger, I was more playing like first person shooters and games like Deus Ex and things like that as opposed to platformers. So because of that, Sonic was always very old. And uh, while there was a Super Mario Maker to get me into Mario, there's never been an equivalent for Sonic. So um, it was very interesting trying it out because uh, what I was expecting from it is not quite what I got. And that may just be because it's the first in the series or maybe uh, the reputation of the game doesn't quite line up with reality and that's something that we'll be getting into in this week's discussion of course it's funny you say that because i guess the time about the period where we grew up is really when platformers were going through that phase where there were just so many clones of every single franchise coming out at once if you remember when Call of Duty 4 came out and shooters became the biggest thing on the market, I would have said that platformers were that when we were children. Yeah, so the thing is, I didn't have a gaming console when I was younger. I okay. was exclusively a PC gamer and consoles, uh, sorry, platformers were typically the domain of consoles. So there were some, there, I mean, there were definitely some uh, platformers like, you know, Commander Keen comes yep. to mind. But uh, on the whole, yeah, I just wasn't really... Okay, well, conversely, I'd probably say that platformers are the game I'd played the most of growing up, like a lot of them, um, and I never got particularly good, but I, did, I do quite enjoy them, um, and they did form like the vast majority of the games I played when I was younger. Well, we're going to see today if Sonic has stood up to modern takes on platformers, because of course I'm very... Uh, into modern platformers like Celeste and Super Meat Boy. And today we'll be letting you know if Sonic has truly stood the test of time. See, here on the Retrospectors podcast, we don't care how good a game was in the context in which it was released. We don't care about, you know, their hardware limitations. All we want to know is, is it a game worth playing today? And that's what we try and do each and every fortnight. So before we get into the proper substance of our discussion, uh, we'll just go over a little bit of housekeeping on how we played it and any performance issues we may have. James and I actually played the majority of these games uh, using different methods. So I played on the Steam version, which is the Sega Genesis emulator version, uh, which ran pretty well for the most part. Um, I did get some occasional slowdowns, but it was perfectly functional. And James, you played on the um, on an Android emulator, right? Well, I originally started playing the version I owned on my phone from a few years ago um, until I became frustrated with the touchscreen controls and downloaded an Android emulator, signed in with my account and uh, set it up there to work with a controller. Um, and I found that experience to be quite well, although the 
setup with the controller is very finicky to begin with. Um, once you actually do get it running, it works perfectly in my experience. Yeah, so I also tried initially to uh, get the emulator working and I got frustrated at the setup. I'm probably just being a moron and I couldn't figure it out, but uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, I will say after trying both because uh, James handily linked me his control scheme so that we could do some speed runs. Um, so I played up to the end of Act 3 on the emulator. I think that the Android version is superior. It suffers no slowdowns. It's in widescreen. It's got better options for time trials and everything. Um, if you have the choice, either play on your phone or play on the Android emulator. It's the best way to play the game. Yeah, the Christian Whitehead version of the game is by far the best, and I would wholly recommend it to anybody who wants to play Sonic 1. Whitehead went on to make Sonic Mania, which from my reading is like one of the best received Sonics in years. So yep. it's certainly got that pedigree behind it. So yeah, if possible, play on the Android version, but you know, the Steam version or one of the many other Sega Genesis emulator versions is perfectly serviceable. Yeah, and I want to point out that if you do play on your phone, um, you can actually play the game for free, although there are ads between every level that you can skip, which, you know, makes jumping in basically cost-free if you're not quite sure what you're getting into so definitely check it out it's like three dollars though so i mean yeah. i know i know people who play phone games i you know aren't used to paying much money but come on it's three bucks just <laughs> just spend the three dollars so yeah i think it's time for us to jump into the discussion so firstly the premise of sonic the hedgehog is extremely simple the story is boils down to you play Sonic the Hedgehog, who is a hedgehog. Really? All of his animal friends <laughs> have been kidnapped by the evil Dr. Robotnik, who's putting them inside robots for some reason I don't understand. And he's stolen the Chaos Emeralds also for reasons I don't understand. And you go from level to level, freeing the animals and presumably getting the Chaos Emeralds back, yada, yada, yada. The uh, gameplay premise is similarly simple. It's a platformer. Um, you jump on and off platforms. You avoid environmental hazards like uh, swinging spikes and, you know, spikes that aren't swinging. <laughs> uh, you kill or avoid enemies. And your goal every single level is simply to reach the end of the level. Yep, it doesn't get more simple than that, though. So I guess one of the main things I wanted to start off this discussion with is the differences between Sonic as a platformer and a lot of other 2D platformers on the market. And I guess the main thing that I would say characterizes Sonic as a platformer is its very high degree of both inertia and momentum. Sonic uh, in mainstream media has this reputation of going very, very fast, um, which conveniently always leaves out the little detail that he turns left and right like a rock. Uh, when he starts off and then his whole thing is that he gains speed over time so you go from being very very slow compared to something like Mario who has a very fairly quick response time from start to going extremely fast later on so actually slowing down and turning left and right is quite difficult with Sonic because of how well he maintains his speed generally did you find that Patrick? Well yeah when you when you do start going fast there is a real sense of momentum like you can't slow down easily and it does take quite a while to build up that speed and it's particularly pronounced in the um underwater levels where you're uh incredibly turgid like you're, you're barely moving but my i wanted to say that my experience playing this game and perhaps the reason why i felt it's didn't quite live up to its reputation or at least what I heard from it is that the number of times I was actually going fast were few and far between <laughs> and I think that going fast in most instances is actually a mistake until you've memorized every single level like the back of your own hand. Yeah, so this game's levels, are, level design is quite interesting to me in that for the most part, there's actually a lot of branching paths through the level and kind of one kind of gameplay pattern that you'll run into while playing the game is as you die and redo each level is trying to find the optimal path through each stage. It's not a branching path as in there's three different paths. There's like 10 paths that all link back up to each other at different points. So you can go through a number of the levels in many different ways. And I guess uh, when you first play each level, as Patrick said, it's very hard to go through the level in a speedy manner because of how many obstacles are in 
in the way, but as you replay each level it becomes increasingly easy to maintain that classic sense of sonic speed that exists in the perception of mainstream media. When I was playing this game, I basically never went fast. And in fact, like I said, going fast led me to, I guess, taking damage from sources that I could barely see on the edge of my screen heaps. So after dying a lot in the early stages of Sonic by trying to go fast, my eventual strategy was to play extremely slowly, like very slowly and cautiously and carefully. Mm. And I thought that was interesting because it's literally the opposite of what I view as Sonic games. And even as I became more experienced with the levels, I was still going through them very slowly. Yeah. Did you have a different experience? Were you moving through them faster? Well, I remember I came into this game already having beat it twice, so I knew what I was getting into. And I will say that ah. if you come into Sonic 1 with this like understanding that the game is just about speed, 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 which is what a lot of people would lead you to believe, I think you're going to run into these roadblocks that Patrick seems to have. Um, and I'm not sure that that's the game's fault, rather that the kind of perception of the franchise as a whole has kind of like warped your expectation of the game. So, yeah, so basically there were two main things that prevented me from going fast. So the first thing I want to talk about is this idea of... Uh, uh, reaction time yeah when you're playing a platformer like super meat boy which is a game i love to pieces like uh the way i play super meat boy is i have finished every single level with like the a plus rating which is just the indication that you've done it under the par time i haven't done every single dark side level but i've done most of them meaning that i like to play the levels fast you know uh getting it under the par time requires you to not you know do it perfectly but it requires you to not dither around and the thing about Super Meat Boy is that the perspective is zoomed out enough that you're never making a blind jump. Yes. Every single jump you make in that game is an informed one. You're, you're trying to jump from place A to B. But the perspective in Sonic is so zoomed in that if you move with any kind of speed, it is virtually impossible to avoid obstacles and enemies if you're going that fast. There's yeah, and it feels like oftentimes the designers have purposely put spikes and springs in really inconvenient spots, so you basically won't ever be able to speed through a level on your first try. Like, if you want to achieve um, Sonic's speed, you're going to have to know it like the back of your hand in order to navigate it, because, as you said, half of these can't be avoided without knowing they're there ahead of time. Yeah, you need the four knowledge and i guess my question to you james is do you perceive this as a problem and and it's something i don't i don't know what the latest sonic games are like and i don't know if this is just the expectation you know you have to memorize the levels before you can go fast but to me it was a problem because the game lacks signposting as to what's coming up next in the um in the super mario maker community there are some very complex levels that people have made using crazy advanced mechanics but the super mario maker community has come up with these uh ways to signpost what's coming next using like symbols scrawled on the background and i just wondered should sonic have some kind of signposting like indicators where you should be jumping to give new players a chance to play through these levels quickly or is it just accepted that if you're new to these games that you cannot get through them quickly yeah i think it's a bit of a double-edged sword this aspect of the game makes it very satisfying to replay levels over and over because there is this high degree of improvement that you're going to get by knowing the levels but on the other hand the first time you play each level isn't going to be that fun because of it and i think that it would be a lot worse if it was like this in super meat boy for example where you die as soon as you hit a spike but sonic's a lot more forgiving with that with its health system which do you want to quickly give us a rundown um on? i will in just a second there was just one more um idea i wanted to get into and you you mentioned it before how there seem to be deliberate stop gaps to uh, prevent you going quickly 
And I would actually go one step further than that, than that, and say that they're troll-like. Like these, these, yeah. the yeah. a lot of these <laughs> traps strike me as just deliberate trolls to screw you over the moment you try to go quickly. Like you'll have spikes. There was one particular one in the um in the second level yeah. where uh, you have to jump over. There's like a lava pit down below you that you've crossed, and you have to cross a series of platforms above it. And if you try and go through this section quickly and reach safety at the end of the platform, you'll immediately get smacked in some, the face with some spikes from the wall and fall down, down to the, to the bottom. Below. Oh my God, yeah. yeah, that happened to me several times and was yeah, very and frustrating. Like, <laughs> this, this is, the game is deliberately punishing you for trying to get through these levels quickly. And I don't know, the, the more I played, the more I was like, the game really wants me to go slowly. The game wants me to pay attention to my environment. The game wants me to wait to see what traps are going to suddenly spring from the corners of my screen. Yeah. How is this a game about going quickly? I, I feel all of the signals I'm getting uh, go slowly. It's a game that really wants to make you work hard for the right to go fast. You're not allowed to have fun unless you're this good at the game, basically. I think that, on the whole, Sonic's movement and the kind of the way that he moves and all of the, like, the little things that can be used to make up the level, like the different pickups and the idea that each stage is full of different mechanics, I think, in general, are quite solid. And then I think that the this game's biggest weakness uh, is its overall level design. Yeah, I mean, so I've been saying all this. I just want to clarify that this isn't an intrinsic criticism of the gameplay. It's just interesting that, that my understanding of this game going into it would be that it's all about speed. And I guess I don't necessarily think that requiring memorization of a level in order to achieve speed is a good thing. I think there's like a there's a halfway ground with what we've got here. I, I just wonder, maybe it's different in the later titles, but is there a version of Sonic which basically gives you reaction time opportunities? Like you're moving through the level quickly, you see an obstacle, you react to it in time with a well-timed jump, and then you can keep going at a moderate speed. Because as it was, as I played it, it was move dead slowly throughout the entire level, or when I'm speed running it and I've memorized a route, I can try to go as fast as humanly possible. Yeah, because one of the, I guess, downsides of Sonic having such a high degree of inertia in his initial startup time is that when you do have to slow down for the like the precision platforming you have to slow down to an absolute crawl you jump mm -hmm. and move around much slower than in any other platformer you know there's three platforms in a row that are moving so you have to jump stop and wait jump stop and wait move a little bit stop and wait and when you have to do platforming like that in this game it slows to an absolute crawl that is yeah honestly not that enjoyable it um reminded me like that speed it reminded me of the lost vikings which is a puzzle platform yeah. <laughs> so it, it was it was that sort of pace when you weren't when you weren't speeding through the level yeah. so that was yeah once again i i don't actually and i'll get into this more later but i don't actually think this is bad it's it's just it was interesting how different it was from my expectations yeah absolutely um i i think there is a bit more leeway uh, that they should have gone to and allowing you to see things coming like you said however you know overall the game doesn't completely stop you from going fast if you've mastered the level i'd just say that you are quite strongly rewarded for learning the levels. And, you know, the whole game's only like an hour and an hour and a half long. So um, I think that this idea gives it a lot of replayability and the kind of... Like, in context, the way we played the game um, for the review is the newer versions of Sonic have these checkpointing systems which saves your game at the start of every new level, whereas the classic way to play Sonic is that once you die, it's game over and you have to go from the start. And I think that this kind of level design makes a lot more sense in that context than in the, you know, playing it level to level like we did context. Can you, can you explain what you mean by that? So basically, because you're forced 
to play each level so many times. Um, eventually you're going to get to this stage where the first few levels are a complete breeze to you because you know the levels like the back of your hand. You can go as fast as you want through them because you know what you're doing because you've played them so many times because you'll get up to like the second last level and then lose your lives and then have to go all the way back to the start. Yeah. But the start becomes slowly less painful as you learn it a bit better, right? Yeah, but I mean, isn't that far too punishing? Like sending someone back an hour's worth of progress? I think so, and I think that's why the later games have this kind of checkpointing, but I don't think it's super unfun. I tried to play it this way for a few hours and was kind of enjoying my learning of the stage because um, I guess let's talk about the, the ring system now. Mm-hmm. Um, as you may know the way lives work in Sonic is that there are rings, like gold rings scattered about through the level and if you have at least one of them when you take a hit from an enemy you won't die but you'll lose all your rings. And when I played this game using the new save system that, you know, lets you save from level to level I didn't really give a shit about collecting that many rings like I always made sure I had just one and that was okay and that helped me get through each level however when I was playing it in the classic method I was really trying to get every single ring I could because when you get a hundred rings you get an extra life and that lets you keep going through the game longer which I don't really think is even that much of an issue on the newer save system because you don't really care if you die, you just go back to the start of the same level. So kind of trying to amass a huge horde of lives just isn't a huge priority for you. It would also make, occasionally you'll discover the extra lives and they're usually extremely well hidden, the most well hidden of any of the secrets. Yeah. And that would be so much more rewarding to find in the classic version. I think basically the perfect world is somewhere between these two systems. Like maybe maybe if you just did a single save at the beginning of each act and you had to get through all three acts. Yeah. The way it is in classic is just a little too punishing. Like losing an hour's worth of progress is really rough, particularly when you account for the many trolls that increase it they just get more and more frequent yeah but the other side of the coin is almost too forgiving like it cuts out a huge amount of the game's strategy and like the way you play and i don't like that either i think like you said there needs to be a better middle ground between these two i like that idea of having each uh level be a bit harder and having you only start from each level. I think that's a good middle ground. Yeah, I agree. See, the thing about the modern platformers that we've played, like Super Meat Boy and Celeste, is what they do is they give you very, very difficult challenges, but they let you instantly respawn, whereas the difficulty level of Sonic is more spread out. Although... I will say those later stages are quite difficult. Um, quite difficult. Yeah. They require some pretty precise platforming. Um, and yeah, stuffing stuffing up that final underwater section is very easy to do. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, because Sonic's so, this difficulty is so spread out, um, it it's never gets as difficult as something like Celeste or Super Meat Boy, but it's got that risk and tension that if you do die, oh baby, you're losing a lot of progress. <laughs> you're losing a lot of progress, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think you make a good point. The way Sonic is experienced uh, with, you know, just as many lives and checkpoints as you want isn't ideal. But I also think that the, you know, play it from start to finish or else isn't good either. Honestly, I think the play it from start to finish method is superior uh but i can definitely see most people not finding that particularly palatable uh i think you lose a lot of the game if you play it with the new system sure and i mean you may very well be right but the question is like who's got the patience to just repeatedly play through the same game over and over yeah the question for me also is just how much value is there in sonic one playing it from start to finish and then being done with it um i think that you'd probably lose most of the majority of the enjoyment of the game if you don't play each level several times that's crazy to me like the the idea that you need to play i mean what if you find a level boring like particularly the first act you're like well i'm i'm over this i want to move on i know i understand that like if there's a particularly bad level you don't want to play it again like i actually think that the most fun i had with this game is through playing the time trials and just picking the good levels and playing them as much as i wanted to try and get the best time um and patrick and i actually had a little challenge between (laughs) ourselves um where we picked i think it was act one of the spring yard 
um, to see how who could get the best time on it to see uh, if we thought that Sonic was a good game for speedrunning. <laughs> um, I'm like 90% sure you've got me beat because even I'm pr- my, pretty sure I would. Yeah, <laughs> even in my best run, I still got hit by one of those spinning um, spinning spikes. Uh, so I, I didn't do extremely well. My best time was 3143. Oh, I had 33. You actually beat oh, me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I did spend a long time doing it, but um, yeah, yeah it's it's tough, man. Like, <laughs> it, right, at, right at the beginning of Act 1, you, ha- you have to dodge these enemies that shoot bullets at you. Yeah. So you need to be really... You need to nail that trick right off the start. And then there are a few times in the level where... If you don't time your jumps perfectly, you'll go slamming into enemies or spikes. Into walls and stuff like that. There yeah, are pits, so there are springs to throw you off. Um, how did you compare your enjoyment of playing the game like this, you know, picking a level and then playing it over and over again and watching your times get better compared to just playing through the story one by one? So it's interesting. It's like playing a completely different game. Yeah. Like it's, it's literally a completely different game because when you play Sonic 1 in pure speedrun mode, it feels like you're trying to avoid as much of the level as possible because, like you said, the multi-path structure of Sonic means that the fastest path usually has you soaring over all of the challenges. (laughs) So particularly this level, it involves you getting a super speed upgrade right at the beginning. You are just soaring over most of the difficult platforming. And it was was fine. Like, um, I... I certainly enjoyed going crazy quick and like saying screw you to the idiots that were down <laughs> below me. But I wouldn't say it was, I don't know. I thought with Sonic that there was a middle ground between, uh, you know, this insane speedrunning stuff and the more intense platforming stuff that was my actual experience playing the game. But it was very binary to me. It was like I'm either soaring through the level at lightning speeds or I'm kind of methodically doing all this precise platforming to avoid damage and trolls yeah yeah and i think that um that kind of the branching level actually adds a lot of fun to the time trial modes because um Mm -hmm. like when you play like a racing game there's only so much optimization that you can make on your route like you know you hug this corner and you use a speed boost here that kind of thing but in sonic you know you could if you don't look up the route you could spend quite a while like puzzling out your favorite path through the level um i think that that branching path adds like a puzzle kind of dimension to the to the time trials which i really enjoy um i think that it's really satisfying because and it adds a lot of replayability too right even if you're just playing through the story because you can go through the same level sometimes a completely different way um i know not every level is designed in this manner but the ones that are i think are the most fun to run through and are the most fun to replay yeah so you mentioned earlier that you thought sonic was stronger or weaker based off its level design yes so were there particular levels you thought were stronger than others and if so which ones um so the best levels in my opinion are the spring guard and the starlight zone um because they have a lot of branching paths they have a lot of open spaces for you to run around in sometimes and in my opinion the worst levels are actually quite bad like the second level in the game is the marble zone and i thought it was probably the worst thing i have experienced in quite a while and then i discovered the labyrinth zone both of these levels force you to go at a snail's pace basically the entire time and in the case of the marble zone it's extremely linear there are no branching paths basically you have to go through the same slow route every time and in fact like the way i see most people play this game is that there's this skip you can do at the start that basically skips the entire level and uh you know if i was better and i knew how to do that i would be doing that every (laughs) time because i hate this level okay so this is where it gets interesting because the thing is i didn't actually hate these levels and I, i know that the community does hate them and i think that if you were the sort of person to play these levels over and over again and if you were playing these levels the classic way where you were forced to go through these levels to get to the other ones it would be very frustrating But the truth is, for me, playing through this game for the first time, I didn't love these levels. They weren't my favorite. But I didn't think they were nearly as bad as a lot of people were suggesting. Because the way I was playing this game, once I figured this out, which was to play slow and carefully, 
suited the pace of the underwater level and the marble zone perfectly. Like, uh, I I felt I couldn't go fast because every time I tried to go fast, I was punished. So when I started treating this game as a precise platformer, as, as a patient platformer, where I waited and I took my time, um, and, you know, I was aware of the trolls that were coming up, like the underwater platforms that take you up to a roof <laughs> that's filled with spikes. Yeah. And... Uh, as you're walking along, oh man, the final the final water zone before the oh my before God, the final it's boss so hard. fight. <laughs> the thing is, it's got these spinning morning stars, but they're kind of like three quarters obscured from view. Yeah. Whereas the other ones, you can see a lot more of them, so they can surprise you far easier. All these things suited my slow cautionary play style just fine. So I can see how. If you were trying, if you were playing these games a lot, if you were trying to get through them quickly, that it would be frustrating because you're forced to slow down. But for me, James, I was going slowly already because yeah. <laughs> that was the best way to play this game as a newcomer to the series. So they weren't my favorite levels. I, I think that the uh, Starlight Zone is far and away the best uh, set of levels in the game. It was just closer to that median quality. They were they were fine and enjoyable for me once, once I figured out that trick. Yeah, no, I think that that, that makes perfect sense to me. You know, um, my first time through the first Marble Zone was okay. There are, I don't know, there's a lot of annoying bits with like lots of spikes and lots of instant kills through being crushed in that level mm. which is one of my least favorite things about the game are the instant kills which you know you've got this kind of sense of security when you have a ring and all of a sudden you're just dead because you got squished between a platform and there's like there's like there's no leeway with a tither it's just you got touched by a pixel and now you're dead yeah or even through a shield power up it will it will kill you through shield power ups and rings it's just an insta kill uh, yeah, yeah, when that happened to me, it was kind of frustrating. <laughs> uh, luckily, most of the platforms move slowly enough that if you're being careful, like I was, you can usually avoid it. shouldn't happen it. too much. Yeah, yeah um, it, it's more if you're imprecise. I was constantly overconfident and getting crushed by these things that I was sure that somebody as great at games as me could get through <laughs> first try um, and was constantly punished for my, um, my hubris. So there's that. Um, did you want to have a quick music break? Let's do it. Uh, your music or my music? Uh, let's do yours first. Okay, so uh, overall, my feelings on the music is that it's okay. I found it a little overly repetitive, particularly when I was speed running that bloody <laughs> that bloody level, because <laughs> I have the yeah. first few notes of that of that bloody uh, spring zone just etched in my mind. I went to bed last night fucking humming it. It's very frustrating. <laughs> so, yeah, there's just not quite enough repetition in it. I think the Starlight Zone is quite good, um, but my favorite track was definitely just the Dr. Robotnik boss music. Um, it's just got a different sort of sound to uh, to most boss themes um, I've heard, and it may have just been because I heard it less frequently because instead of being stuck in it for entire acts, it... Uh, it only came at the end, but it was always <laughs> enjoyable hearing um, those chords kick in. So this yeah, is yeah, it's quite menacing almost, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's menacing and uh, yeah, very much suits uh, suits the theme. It's not wildly out of place or anything. It just uh, has that tone of underlying menace. Yeah. So this is uh, the track Doctor Robotnik.
So that was the boss theme of Sonic 1. I guess this is a great segue into the boss fights which we haven't yet touched so far. So every level in Sonic is split up into three acts, with the third act having a you know, shorter platforming section followed by a boss fight right at the end. Um, how did you feel about the boss fights, Patrick? In general, I think they were okay, but they suffered a lot from Sonic's uh, level of inertia, as did the general platforming of the game, because um, you're kind of locked into place in this screen, and you kind of have to do these kind of rapid left and right movements that are really sluggish because of Sonic's high inertia, and I found that to be quite frustrating at times, even though in general the boss fights were fairly easy. So uh, it's interesting you say that. So the way I approached the boss fights wasn't to make a bunch of left and right movements. It was kind of all about finding the specific set of movements I needed to make then do it eight times. Like, for example, the at the end of the second boss fight, there are two platforms with a pit of lava in between, and Robotnik will go from side to side dropping fireballs on each platform. So once I learned the timing for the boss fight, I'd do a spin jump into him, jump to the other side, wait for him to come back, do a spin jump into him, jump back to the other side, rinse and repeat six to eight times, and then the boss fight was defeated. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was mostly my experience as well. You know, for example, the one where you have the seesaws and the balls, it was all, it was a bit of a puzzle to figure out exactly where you need to be and when in the level. Um, so yeah, it's basically trying to figure that out and then the boss just gets defeated naturally, right? I will say, I don't know if you felt this way, but the seesaw one was my favorite boss fight by far. I, I really I really liked the seesaw boss fight because unlike every other boss fight, there are actually two ways of dealing damage to him. Yeah. You can either use the mines landing on one side of the seesaw to launch you into the air into a spin attack to attack, to attack Dr. Robotnik, or you can launch the mines yourselves into Dr. Robotnik. So it was um, it was interesting how there were a couple of different ways of dealing damage to them. And just in general, I thought the seesaws were the most fun platforming thing in the game because it was, I, I loved, even in the regular levels, I loved slamming down on one side of the seesaw, maneuvering to the other, and then getting the momentum boost. It was it was quite fun for me. Yeah, yeah, no, I liked that too. I think that is definitely by far the most interesting fight in the game, um, with my least favorite going to the boss in the Labyrinth Zone, which isn't <laughs> even a bo really a boss fight. It's just kind of like a race through a fairly challenging platforming section. It is really hard. Yeah. Like, I, I, I struggled a lot in that boss fight because, I mean... Like like you said, it's not a boss <laughs> fight. The water level is gradually rising and you need to jump through this gauntlet of spinning morning stars and spikes. And some of the timings you needed to hit to slip through these spikes unharmed are very tight. Yeah, and you can't take it slow either because there's this rising water level that will uh, yep. drown you if you're not going fast enough. So it's very, very tense. You're like forced to kind of try and jump as fast as you can because you're jumping upwards. Um, but at the same time, if you jump too fast, you get punished by these spike traps. Yeah, so it's worth noting with the... We, we touched on how you lose your rings if you get damage but you get knocked back and stunned for a couple of seconds when you take damage and it's particularly a problem there because the water level's rising, rising yeah. so you'll get hit by a spike you'll be knocked back down through the water and by that point like you're doomed oh yeah it's over so, like you may as well just stand yeah. still and drown like uh you're dead <laughs> yeah so that was one of the toughest parts of the uh of the entire time i thought it was like even a bit too punishing honestly yeah what, what did you think of the um difficulty of this game in general because everyone told me that this game would be easy and i'm not really sure i agree with that <laughs> i i think that the nature of the you know modern checkpointing giving you unlimited tries means that eventually you're going to get through it but particularly the last couple of levels are actually quite difficult to not die. I actually like, found you will it, be taking damage and failing. I found the third act of the Starlight Zone to be actually kind of harder to navigate through because I didn't find my route for a while. Um, 
I don't think the game's super hard, but it's definitely got a bunch of difficulty spikes that will catch you off guard, like that boss fight we were talking about, and a couple mm-hmm. of the later acts. Like, I think the last two... So the last act, spoiler warning, um, the first two levels take place in their own level, um, and the third, you kind of get knocked down into this pit and end up back in the labyrinth zone. Um, which I was very upset about. That's like the mo- that was my <laughs> least favorite level. So actually, Doctor Robotnik knocking me back into the my least favorite level. That's so evil. Um, good it's job. Very thematic. Yeah, it's very evil. So that level's incredibly hard compared to the previous two of the same level. Um, so I would say that generally Sonic's not super hard, but there are some kind of annoying difficulty spikes throughout it. Well, I mean, particularly when you think that kids were playing this yeah. like without <laughs> saves. Like, you had kids just playing this game from start to finish, which is insane to me. I I just wouldn't do that. Like, that's just too much endless repetition. But I guess if you only own one video game, eventually you're going to get through it. But yeah, don't don't go into this game thinking it's going to be a breeze. There is some rather precise platforming required. And if you go fast, you are going to die. Like, the game is too filled with trolls. Yeah, but you want to go like, fast. You really want to go fast the entire time yeah, well, you're playing it. Like, I did. Well, I, I I thought that's what I could do. You, the big mistake. I know that you kind of slowed down in your gameplay, but did you have this sense of tension, like, in the back of your mind that was telling you to go faster at all times? Because I had that. And every time I slowed down, I felt anxious. I was like, no, I have to go faster. Well, that was, that was my problem. Like... I wanted to go quickly because Sonic feels so nice when he's moving quickly. Yeah. But uh, at around, I think it was the, the the Spring Zone Act, whichever act that was, yeah. that's the fourth act. At around the fourth act was the point where I started to slow down and just play extremely cautiously because I was just dying too much. And when I slowed down and I was aware of the flame traps and everything that was going on and I took my time for the platforms to, you know, go to where they naturally needed to go Mm. instead of skipping them all the time, all of a sudden it started to feel better. And when I treat it as a precise platformer, everything kind of fell into place. Yeah, I really want to hammer home um, this idea I have that this game is hugely replayable. I think the experience of your first playthrough and your later playthroughs are going to be completely different, right? Like, um, Patrick had this experience where he did, like, this slow precision platforming for much of the game, whereas I was going a bit faster through every level because I already knew the layouts, which was, you know, really satisfying for me because I remembered, you know, what I had learnt previously and was able to... Like, your reward is being able to go fast, and because each level has all these branching paths, you know, you're going to be playing the game pretty differently after a while, which I really like. Yeah, see, I think that ultimately with my platformers, I want there to be more emphasis on reaction speed as opposed to memorization. Yeah. And I don't know how you meant to fix that for Sonic. I don't, maybe, maybe the latest Sonic games are slightly zoomed out. I, I don't know. I'm completely ignorant. It's something that we'll have to explore in later episodes to see what changes they've made. But this sort of platformer that requires on... I mean, if this game was about going fast and that was the only joy to be taken from the experience... I would say it has failed because it requires specifically yeah. memorization and I not mean, reaction speed. Honestly, However, I don't think that that's the sum experience. So I don't I don't think this game has failed. My opinion of a lot of the later Sonic games that just allow you to go fast at all times is that because it's not difficult to go fast, it doesn't feel as rewarding when you actually do get to speed through the levels. It's just kind of this thing you think you have the right to from the get-go, right? Um, and actually managing to figure the correct route and go as fast as possible feels really good in Sonic 1 because it's actually kind of difficult to get to that point. Um, it feels rewarding, which I don't think the speed in the later games have. Yeah, and I, I completely understand and appreciate that. Like this idea that once you're really good at Sonic, you are rewarded by being able to go fast. The problem is that too much of being good at Sonic comes down to memorization. Yeah. That, that would be my number one problem. The, it reminds me of um, of racing games. In a much earlier episode, we did F-Zero GX. <laughs> and one of my problems with the story levels in that is that I felt that it was too much about memorization for me versus 
learning the general skills. And as I got better at the game, uh, particularly in the Grand Prix, it felt like I was being rewarded for my um, for my general improvement in my abilities and my abilities to react and my general abilities to take corners. Yep. And that's what I want to see from games. I want to see a general improvement in my skills. I, I don't like games that are based off memorization to improve your abilities. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair criticism too. Um, I kind of, I've got a bit of a, a point that kind of crosses the boundary between gameplay and aesthetics. So I think this will be a good mm-hmm. segue into that. Um, sure. I actually really like that the levels in Sonic feel extremely distinct from one another. There's basically like no rhyme or reason as to why you're going from the Green Hill Zone to the Lava Zone to the Spring Zone. But in other games, I'd see that as kind of a detriment. But here, I think it works really well to keep the player engaged and enjoying the new aesthetics from level to level. And also the game constantly introduces new mechanics that kind of fit the aesthetics, apart from maybe Mm -hmm. the springboards, which I don't really see the connection to. But like the kind of the spring scrap zone with the springs and the bumpers i see that connection and i really like um that from level to level they feel very distinct from one and each other and i think that kind of the diversity and the gameplay experience really added to my enjoyment of sonic yeah i completely agree every single level feels very distinct from the um from the ease at which you navigate green hills to the uh i don't know i'd almost call it confusion of the starlight zone i'm sure it gets less confusing the more used you are to it but that really felt like a confusing set of platforms and you're going backwards a lot more in the starlight zone and you're changing your level quite rapidly so i was completely lost going through the level (laughs) half the time i wasn't even sure if i was going in the right direction yeah but you always end up in the right direction because the level design is good enough that it correctly guides the player to the end even if you're kind of stumbling around so i think they did a very good job at that yes they did um the more the labyrinth level and the marble zone are very linear and hand-holding and there's only ever really one well, actually direction to go. um the labyrinth zone is less linear than i thought it was i actually oh really yeah on the on the final like the fourth one at the very end of the game um i actually found this like really quick route to the uh to the end of the level you know how oh. at the start there's that big moving platform that kind of goes downwards and you got to wait to it to I, get to the end? I can't say I remember. Sorry, man. Just, just describe it. I'm sure the Sonic fans will know what you're So basically about. at the start of the labyrinth zone that you get in at the end, there is a big rock that you stand on that moves diagonally down and to the left um, over maybe 10 seconds and then it stops and you can continue going if you do a spin dash like right at the start you can get under the platform which leads you to a uh, another set of routes and in those set of routes you can find this one that basically lets you do the whole level in about like 20 seconds or so you know if the labyrinth zone wasn't an actual labyrinth i would have been disappointed <laughs> well i mean what i was gonna say is you mentioned the spin dash and that was a difference between the versions we played that we failed to mention so um the spin dash is a feature that's exclusive to the android version of the game you can't actually yeah so basically if you hold down down and then press the um jump button you'll immediately go into a dash which i think was properly introduced in the later versions yeah and then in the android port um whitehead retroactively added it in so I didn't have access to the spin dash when um when I was playing. Really, which... it felt like some of the sections were so like it was mandatory to have. That's really weird. But no, okay. absolutely not. Uh, you can you can easily jump through every section, no problem. It it yeah. probably makes speedrunning uh, easier, and it probably makes some of the more difficult r- routes a lot easier. But you can get through the main primary route with all the platforming and dodging enemies and obstacles with no spin dash. It didn't feel easy. out of place to me at all like it wasn't like they added this mechanic that then broke the balance of the game i thought it you know meshed quite well with it oh absolutely i mean at the end of the day it's just an easy way to gain speed instead of doing it manually by like running back for ages and running (laughs) again so yeah yeah, there's there are going to be very very few spots where it breaks the game particularly since breaking the game by dodging something doesn't even doesn't even matter like that's yeah that's fundamental to the experience but uh yeah, it's worth bringing up. Um, and I think, yeah, overall, it's a good addition. And I 
trust the guy who actually went on to make Sonic Mania that he wasn't just he knows doing a bit it about Sonic. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> one or two things. So yeah, the uh, I do I do like the level theming. Um, did we want to go for? Sorry, did you have something to say? Yeah, I mean, just in general, the uh, the general aesthetics is something I wanted to touch on, which is to say, it looks fantastic. Yeah, like I I know I know the latest Sonic games are even more highly regarded for their visuals, but I was very surprised just how beautiful this game looked. The colors are so vivid without being, you know, garish. Yeah, without being super in your face and glary and unappealing. It's just a really bright, gorgeous looking game. And I'm amazed that this game was released in 1991. Every now and then there are games released. I look at them visually and I'm like, how was this game released in this year? Yeah. Because it looks so damn good. I'm very was very impressed by the visuals. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I actually really liked um we touched on it earlier that Sonic has a very simple story, but you know, Sonic doesn't tell its story with words or anything. You just kind of figure it out as you play because the like the visual design just makes it very obvious what's going on. Like when you attack an enemy um, and kill a robot, a little animal escapes from it. And at the very end of a level, when you fight the boss, you free this big cage of animals as well. Um, like it just, it very obviously signposts what's going on, even if the story isn't, you know, a huge part of the experience. And I think that Sonic does a really good job of making its levels feel very very visually distinct they're all themed in really cool ways i really liked the aesthetics of sonic yeah and from a purely like objective point of view i think that there are a lot of like repetitive use of textures for example but it's so stylishly done that you barely even notice and you're only in each level for you know i don't know 30 minutes at most it's probably closer to 20 minutes so you keep getting these new (laughs) fresh visages yeah so yeah i i i think the visuals are superb they're very close to perfect and if we ever do sonic 2 i'm really excited to see how they improve from it because everyone tells me the late sonic 2 sonic 3 sonic main look even better what strikes me as being brilliant from a design point of view is that the the formula is so easy to expand upon right like you just have you just make a level with a new theming and you slap it on there you don't need to be consistent law wise or whatever you just theme it however the fuck you want um and just put some cool platforming in it and you know arrange them in any order that you want and it just works right well yeah i mean i think that the level design is mainly focused on um i guess the mechanical side of it and then you add a lot of pretty lights around the side (laughs) it's not like yeah it can go for these really abstract themes too like the labyrinth zone and the spring zone and like there's a lot of weirder levels in the later games i'm aware of um and i really like that about the series a couple more notes i think that the animation is quite well done and obviously extremely important for a game all about speed i particularly like the animation when sonic is teetering on the edge of a platform yeah i had that in my notes too like the attention (laughs) to detail really makes the game stand out and like if you stand still for long he's got some nice idle animations i think stuff like that really adds to the labor of love feeling that the game has about it perhaps some of the um enemies animations are a bit too simplistic uh particularly the flying enemies they just kind of move (laughs) straight from left to right as as a static sprite but uh, I think that the enemies were well done. Like, like design-wise, like the, they're really cool. They're just yeah, simple animals with these, animals, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they looked quite different to, uh, you know, robots from other series because of how, like, this mix of natural and robotic that they have going about them, you know. I, I really like um, a lot of the rabbit-style enemies and the caterpillars and stuff like that in particular, I think, are pretty cool looking. Well, James, I've spoken about most of what I'd like to speak about. Would you like to do a final music break before we wrap things up yeah and you know let's have a quick discussion about the sound as well afterwards so i wanted to pick a song that wasn't the green hill zone because that's the song that everybody knows so i was going through the soundtrack to figure out which one to pick and i just like my second favorite song in the game is the theme for the Labyrinth Zone, but I fucking hate that level and refuse to say (laughs) anything nice about it on that podcast, so I guess we're going to have to do Green Hills. So here you go, guys.
that was the soundtrack for the Green Hill Zone. Probably the most iconic song in the entire Sonic franchise. I think uh, most people have heard this before somewhere at least, and uh, I think it's probably you know one of my favorite tracks in gaming in general. The um the only other sound effect which I would say is perhaps more iconic is the invulnerability noise, which I didn't even you know associate with. <laughs> Sonic really until I heard it I'm like yeah this is Sonic I've heard this a million times before yeah or like the sound of picking rings up um I think uh the yeah sound- that's true yeah. yeah yeah I think I think the sound in particular in this game like the sound effects like the sound of him jumping of him spin dashing of hitting things the sounds you get like when you take damage and all your rings go everywhere um that gets louder and louder the more rings you have is great Makes um, me so salty. Makes you so salty. <laughs> you have to watch them like flying away from you and falling uh, off edges into lava. Oh, it's so painful. <laughs> I particularly hate the bumper noises because while I was doing the speed run, there's a section <laughs> with um with bumpers, and if you get caught in them, it can be it just kills your run. It just kills your run. Yeah, it's, it's like, well, I guess I'm starting again because I've been shot between these bumpers six times. Yeah, but I, I like the sound of Sonic. I think it sounds good. I think. Uh, um, soundtrack. Good yeah, no, I think the soundtrack's also quite well done. The music from um, the spring, not the spring zone, um, the labyrinth zone, Green Hills, and a couple of the others are pretty good. I don't think there's an awful track on the soundtrack, and I think uh, they're all kind of fit the level as best they can. Yeah, like I said, my only criticism is that I think that they are a little simple, a little repetitive, which is fine if you can smash through the act in 20 minutes because then you get the, the next soundtrack. But, mate, if you're speedrunning this, mute the music because you'll get very sick of it or it will haunt your I'll nightmares. never get sick of Green Hills. I think it's the perfect mix of, you know, <sighs> wistful and going fast. I just, uh, I love it to bits. <laughs> no, too, it's, too, it's too simple. I need, I need longer, more engaging tracks, greater variety. To, I, I didn't hate it. Um, I thought it was fine. I thought there were a couple of good tracks. Certainly not anywhere near the worst uh, soundtracks we've done. Oh, on this nowhere podcast. near. Yeah, no. I think yeah. Sonic's track's quite good. Um, and obviously, some of the sound effects and the music are very iconic in gaming still today. So, definitely gets a pass from me. So that about wraps it up, so I guess we go into our final thoughts, and I had one more topic that I kind of wanted to bring up, which is the UI for this game, which I think is extremely snappy, like, the transition from the end of one level to the start of the next is excellent, it's, it doesn't waste your time, it shows you what you need, and then it's like, bam, straight into the next level with some, you know, catchy... Uh, graphics sliding across the screen. I really enjoyed it. That. Even um, it even syncs up with the music. That was yeah, the thing I noticed during the speed run. Like at the beginning, as the text slides across, the music lines up perfectly with each. Uh, line of text locking into place that was a cool little detail yeah it's awesome i love the level of detail and that kind of stuff it really you know it really speaks to me as somebody who loves their ui design intricacies but um man imagine loving ui design <laughs> that's why we're doing the podcast is it yeah well actually like UI. my day my day job you know in software i spend a lot of time trying to make user interfaces user friendly so i got you know some real world experience in it which i guess kind of makes me enjoy it more yeah no no that's that's a fair point i guess i guess uh <laughs> i think the best uis are the ones that give me as most the you know the most amount of information possible in the most organized way uh i mainly notice when i absolutely hate uis like uh skyrim's ui i just want to shoot myself in the head every time i open it up <laughs> and then i remember to install sky ui and everything goes back to normal i actually hate overly simplistic uis i think that um, a good one both displays a good amount of information and also meshes with the game thematically as well you know it looks like it belongs in the game like diablo's ui for example does that well whereas um, i think a big trend in a lot of modern day games is to have these really very simple like square uis with no theming on them whatsoever and i hate that but sonic i think uh, does a good job sonic's ui is nice and minimalistic which is exactly what you want for a platformer you've got a ring count you've got a live count 
and that's about it. The problem with something like Diablo's UI, uh, it does mesh with what the game is going for, but it takes up so much screen real estate. I forgive which is, for that. <laughs> <laughs> where you can see about one-eighth of your screen when you've got all the menus up, which is quite funny. Yeah. Luckily, we don't have that problem in Sonic. No, def- Sonic definitely doesn't have that problem. <laughs> um, uh. Did you have any final thoughts, or did you want to get straight into the uh, final, final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, basically, I thought the UI was good because I didn't notice it. It gave me all the information I did in a minimalistic way. So I was happy with it as well, although I wasn't as thrilled by it as you were. (laughs) All right, then. So do you want to give us your conclusions to your feelings on Sonic the Hedgehog? Absolutely. So like I said, uh, when I went into Sonic, I had these feelings and understandings and impressions of what a Sonic game should be. And Sonic the Hedgehog 1, for me, was not that. I did not go fast at all. That being (laughs) said, what I did get was a precise and fairly fun platformer. I found it challenging in parts. I relished the variety. And more than anything else, this game is really beautiful. And, you know, I'm a very mechanical kind of guy. If If the mechanics aren't good, I'm not interested. But good visuals can elevate um, decent mechanics. And I believe that this is what happened in this case. I'm not the sort of person like James to speed run things endlessly. And I'm not the sort of person who is super into memorization of level layouts to perfect them. So I don't think Sonic 1's true potential as as a good game is ever going to be unlocked for me. But the experience I had playing through a precision platformer for a couple of hours failing and retrying until I beat it was an enjoyable one. And for that reason, I recommend Sonic the Hedgehog 1. I think it's a good game. I'm really interested to see what the later titles change, if they change anything. Um, You know, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Sonic Mania, do these titles change anything intrinsic about this formula to turn it into a different video game? Or it could just be that this sort of game isn't perfect for my interests. So I thought it was good, but not great. Um, I Certainly worth a playthrough. Yeah, so I actually have quite mixed opinions about this game. Um, I think that certain audiences aren't going to get as much out of Sonic as others are. Um, if you're just interested in playing the game from start to finish and not doing anything else, really can't recommend this game to you. I think the level design in this game is very hit and miss, with the best levels being incredibly fun and replayable and the worst levels being awful like i hated the second the marble zone and the labyrinth zone entirely like playing through those levels wasn't very fun for me at all but the others were conversely i think the levels are incredibly replayable and really reward you for getting good at doing them so if you're the kind of person who wants to sit there in time trial mode and play every level to bits to master and squeeze out every single second of them um, i think you're gonna have a lot of fun i think the gameplay experience of sonic 1 first coming into it and then the gameplay experience once you're quite competent at it is extremely different and most of the fun in this game lies on that more competent end of the spectrum so if you're the kind of person that really enjoys you know optimizing their platforming then you're gonna find a lot of to enjoy about this game like a lot but if you're just kind of interested in just playing through the story I think you're going to have an okay but not incredible experience. So I think you really need to take that into account. But, you know, it's two hours long and it's like basically a free game. So if you're even slightly interested, you know, I can't say don't play it, right? As Patrick said, the game looks beautiful and I think the soundtrack's really good as well. So, you know, overall, I would say Sonic's a great game, but it's a greater game for a certain group of people. Okay, so that's about wraps it up. Uh, Definitely a recommend from us both so thank you everyone so much for listening to the retrospectors podcast today my name is patrick arthur and i was joined by james turlings we would love if you would come and join our discord server to continue the chat we'd love to hear your feedback and your thoughts on sonic or thoughts on any other games in general you can find all of our content at rspodcast.net not only do we have every single one of our podcast episodes there on various games ranging from the 1990s to the early 2000s, we've also got heaps and heaps of articles, most of which pertain to those games. 
that was Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, but what are we going to be doing next Fortnite, James? Well, I'm going to continue my trend of picking really obscure titles to contrast Patrick's more mainstream <sighs> games. And I'm actually picking a game that I have a sneaking suspicion that Patrick is going to actually like. And that game is Makes a nice change. Archimedean <sighs> Dynasty. What the hell is that, you might be thinking? Well, Archimedean right. Dynasty is an underwater submarine simulator. Well, not submarine. It's like, it's like imagine futuristic sci-fi in space, but underwater. So it's technically a first-person shooter, which Patrick will like, and it's a very, yes. very story-focused game um, with a lot of branching dialogue and that kind of thing, and a very like futuristic political kind of focus which i think he'll enjoy as well um i picked this game because i was a very big fan growing up of the sequel aquinox um and i've never actually gone back to play the original which by all accounts is even better so i'm very excited to go back and experience the predecessor to one of my favorite games of all time it sounds very intriguing and certainly far superior to the terrible game you picked last fortnight chrysalis <laughs> so uh I'm all about it. Like, uh, you, you had me from uh, it's a first-person shooter. So first-person shooter submarine game, I'm in, James. That's all you need to do. <laughs> I'll be sure to pick more of that exact genre going forward. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you once more, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next fortnight for uh, whatever the hell game Archimedian James Archimedean Dynasty. <laughs> Archimedean Dynasty. We'll see you then. See us. See you.